Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Uh, Brandon Davidson from the Calgary Flames spending his summer here in Edmonton, kind enough to uh, give us some bonus time here at Inside Sports on 630. Chad, uh, text to 630-630, your chance to interact with Brandon if you like. Uh, Oil Mill says, I hate that the Flames keep signing players I like, like Davidson and Talbot makes it harder to hate them. Ha ha. <laughs> you must be hearing a lot of that. Yeah, actually. <laughs> I do hear that one. Well, that's that's how it goes. Guys yeah. go back and forth. Mike Smith, obviously coming up from the Flames to the Oilers, goaltender. Mm-hmm. Uh, this texter says, kind of a tough question, but what is development like as a late round draft pick? How did you end up passing guys who were drafted, say, 150 picks higher than you? Is it possible to get an answer deeper than just work hard? P.S. Wishing you the best, even though you're going to Cowtown. Other than, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, he did he did work hard. You have I mean, to just, yeah, obviously you got to work hard, but you have to get lucky. I think it's got to be. It's all about timing uh, in this league, and um, whether that be somebody else's injuries or or wherever it may be, um, you have to get lucky. And I think um, for myself, I mean, I played. Uh, three full seasons in the American League. It's not like I didn't spend my time and do my due diligence. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, but you have to get lucky, and I think um, that was part of it. That, that was a lot of it. And um, you have to make the most of your opportunity when you do get a chance. And, um, I mean, I did work hard, yes. Um, I would say harder than most. Um, but at the same time, uh, I had a... I had a I had a dream as a kid, and I and I got a chance, and it's all about what you do with it. And um, I think uh, for me, it was kind of my my oasis, my escape uh, from everything. Yeah, that's an interesting question, and I I mean I know what that texture is is saying. That can you tell me something other than than work ethic? But what else were you supposed to do? I mean, you you basically had a choice. You worked as hard as you could, and yeah. if it didn't work out, then you looked yourself in the mirror and said, okay. Yep. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what else? You, there's, like, there's not much. Yeah, I mean, I wish I could give you a better answer, um, but uh, you got to be a little lucky and you got to work your tail off. And I think uh, you know the stars just aligned for me. Was there a big mentor to you in OKC when you were learning how to become a pro? Because um, you were, yeah, you were still in Oklahoma City. It was before Bakersfield. Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, I had I had uh, Todd Nelson down there, and as you guys know, he was up here and. Um, uh, I thought he was uh, a good balance between um, work ethic and, and and making the game fun, and um, he was one of those guys that was able to get the most out of people. And um, I had some players down there too, like Greener that was here, um, 
all those years ago. But right. um, guys like him um, definitely helped me get to where I wanted to be. But um, um, nothing in particular. I think um, I just think that um, you take the most from the people around you, and and um, that's that's all I did, anyways. Todd Nelson. Speaking of guys who are. Uh ex-members of the Oilers organization who remained very popular. <laughs> I yeah, like you. I, I, I loved him. He was, uh, he was awesome. He made, we had some, we had some awesome years down in OKC and um, he led the charge uh, every single night. And I think, uh, you know, he was just one of those guys that made the game fun and, and got the most out of people. And, you know, you really go to war for that kind of guy. Okay. And, and cause you were here the year he took over from Dallas, right? Yes, from that's Aikens. correct. So yeah. you played under him a lot. Uh, and, and in the minors as well. And I, I, I've got to know Todd Nelson a bit over the years, and he is big on, like you said, camaraderie as well, going to battle for the guy next year, getting to know the, the guy next year. And I was talking about the Eskimos focusing on that this year as well and Jason Moss, you know, team activities, camaraderie. So we got a very simple question to the text line. All right. Do you need to like your teammates to win? <laughs> um, yeah, you do, actually. <laughs> you really, really do. I mean... Um, you don't. Uh, I would say good teams. Everybody likes everybody, and um, that begins with putting your differences aside and kind of coming together as a group. And um, I know that kind of sounds cliche, but I mean, you got uh, 22 guys in a locker room every single day. You're on the plane. You're on the bus. You're in the hotel. I mean, you see them more than you see your wife and kids for for eight months out of the year. So you gotta like these guys. And I mean, and if if you can um, find that balance, I think that um, you know those are the teams that really kind of excel in, play, in playoffs and and win Stanley Cups. It's it's a really interesting uh, conversation because, I mean, there have been teammates that didn't get along that that played well together but most most players will say it's at least a factor it just creates a a comfort level and me and i is it maybe not even that you have to like everything about a guy or have common interests with them but you gotta you gotta trust them and you gotta know when he's in the dressing room it's all about his job and supporting each exactly other. you gotta know what you're getting out of that person and and that's kind of that respect level you need to have um with your teammates like you said, you don't have to absolutely love the guy, but I mean, at at at, um, at some expense, I think that um, you know your ability on the ice is going to reflect um, what, what your teammates' abilities are. And I think like um, having that camaraderie and and um, building that bond um, in the locker room definitely transitions to the to the games. Yeah, That's, I I love that topic because it's one of those things you can't. Well, I mean, I guess if a team wins, you just say, well, they won that many games. But it's it's hard to sort of put a put a number on or a value on it. But every athlete I talk to says it's it means something. Confidence means something. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's an easy answer, but it's also a complex. And maybe some people won't understand as much as um, being on a team atmosphere like firefighters, police officers. Um, it's that same kind of trust and respect level and... and um, you know, if you can kind of build people into a group, all all going together for one cause, um, it's definitely going to produce some better outcomes. Okay, uh, we're not going to be able to get to everything on the text line, and Brandon's given us a few uh, a few extra minutes, so I appreciate you doing that. It is it is great to see you. Uh, 
I guess like everybody, I wish you personally the best. <laughs> I wish you personal success with the Calgary Flames. Is that a, is that a nice way for that's everybody? A, that's, that a, that's I think a that's fair, comfortable fair for oil statement. country <laughs> to, hear, to hear it that way. And, and obviously, I, I wish you health for sure because you battled some injuries last season. So I hope your body's tip-top this season. Yes, I appreciate that very much. And thank that is you. Brandon Davidson from the Calgary Flames live in studio here on Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Brandon Davidson in, joining the Calgary Flames. Uh, really appreciate your questions on the text line. Uh, could not quite get to all of them. Uh, more started rolling in after 7 o'clock, but uh, Brandon uh, delayed a little bit of plans this evening to stay with us a little longer here in Inside Sports, so uh, we do appreciate that. You can text 630-630. Our phone number is 780-496-0063. My name is Reed Wilkins. Kellen Kennedy is the studio operator this evening. Kellen, how are you doing? Doing great. How about you, Reed? Good, good. Good to hear from Brandon. Absolutely. Always good to uh, check in with Brandon, for sure. Yeah, Very hope, popular man here in Edmonton. Hope he does well with the Flames. Uh, you know, it was tough. I never thought he got quite the opportunity maybe he deserved with the with the Oilers, but we'll see how it goes for him. Unfortunately, injuries derailed him uh, last season, so hopefully he's, uh, he's healthy here moving forward with the Flames. Oilers uh, will get going in the fall. Eskimos and Lions tomorrow on 6.30, Chet. 6 o'clock for the countdown to kick off. And uh, the game will start at 8. I got a very uh, lengthy and uh, feisty text from somebody. And I, I didn't want to, it's not about, it wasn't about Brandon Davidson, so I wanted to save it here when we got a minute. Uh, I will say this, Kellen. I, I'm pretty sure this individual, this is something they text into the show a, f- a few times a year. Mm, okay. Uh, so I got to the point where it's like, well, I'm not just going to, read this all the time. I mean, this is a person beating the same drum over and over again. Uh, but I'll, I'll read it tonight so they can feel satisfaction and that they got their voice out there. Sound fair? Uh, it's from a texture called The Bacon Man who has texted the show before, and he's uh, upset. He's upset with the football team. So I'm going to read it. Are you ready? I am ready. All right, here we go. He says, why should my family be Eskimos fans? The Eskimos haven't had summer afternoon weekend games in years. It's horrible. Alberta summer nights are full of rain and storms. Why on earth would anyone plan an event on an Alberta summer night? Why is Edmonton and the Eskimos more involved with each other with booking festivals and Eskimos games with some sort of synergy? Brutal. Why can't the Eskimos make a weekend game an event and make it an all-day thing or afternoon event? Why is the schedule catered to people going out to the lake? Who are these people? If you're going out of town on a weekend, you're going on a Friday, not Saturday, so having more Friday night games because people go to the lake on the weekends is BS. These people are already gone. Then he says, number one, start the season in May. 
Number two, actually have the Eskimos out and have some schools involved. They are never out in Sherwood Park. And number three, weekend games in May, June, July, and August. Have a school day in June. This is how you get people out and how you build a new CFL generation. As a dad, I do not want to drive in and drive home late from Edmonton. Uh, I don't even want to do this, let alone with my kids. Okay, there's a text from Bacon Man, and I think he's sent me similarly themed uh, text, quite frankly, over the years. Well, I'm always here for you to vent, Bacon Man. I'm not even. I, I'm not even sure how to reply to that because I know he's so unhappy, but I also know I'm not going to say anything that makes him feel better, Kellen. And you know me; I like to make people happy. I'm that's, always trying to make people happy around yeah, the office, bringing up Tim Hortons, making little quips. You know, trying to be that, trying to be the nice guy. I, I can't help this guy. I can't help this guy. I mean, if he doesn't like the CFL schedule, what am I going to really tell him that can make him feel better? Probably nothing. I mean, I can try to explain to him why the schedule is done the way it is. I can try to explain to him that not every team is going to get the ideal games that they want. I can try to explain to him that TSN has a lot of influence on the schedule because they televise all the games, and if they want games in the evening, they're going to be in the evening. And if they want a game every Friday night, it's going to be on a Friday night or uh, whatever. That's the, the reason a lot of these things are done. Uh, I can tell you, I get emails every week about what schools Eskimos are making appearances at. If it hasn't been to his kid's school, I don't know. I'm sorry. Maybe they'll get there eventually. I could tell him all that stuff, but I know he doesn't want to hear it. He just wants to be upset. And it hurts me deeply that I can't make him feel better, Kellen. Because you know if I had a choice between making somebody feel better or making them feel worse, I would always choose to make them feel better. Always. So I don't know what to tell you. What can I do, Kellen? I don't know. I, that's that's a head scratcher for Just me. Just fail. All I can do is fail. And yeah, willingly fail in making that person happy. Yeah, I mean, like you know, we, we've heard the, the the we've heard his concerns for how many years in a row about well, this too. Well, a, f- so. a few years in a row. I don't yeah. know what to tell him. He just wrote in. He said, "Just agree with me, Reed. That'll make me happy." Well, I don't agree with you for the most part. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing: if you wanted to go to the games that bad, you would go. Right? Yep. Uh, I mean, foot, uh, football and, and the Eskimos are the second most popular sport in the city, so they're not going to have the demand of the hockey team. I mean, if there was an Oilers game at 4 a.m. on Christmas morning, it would probably be sold out. People would m- make time to go. Mm-hmm. And some for some people with the Eskimos, they find reasons not not to go because it's on a Thursday or it starts at 8 instead of 7. Or I mean, plenty of Oilers games start at 8, and it's the middle of the winter and people drive in from other communities, they're willing to do that. And some people drive in from other communities to, uh, to watch Eskimos games. So to, to that person, if, if you don't want to do that, then, then, then don't do it. I, I, don't, I don't know what else to tell you. Like, I, I can't make you more interested in going. That's all I can say. He just texted me again. Then don't question why attendance is down. I haven't questioned why attendance is down. I haven't even talked about the attendance this year. See, now you're making me mad. When you take shots at me about things I haven't even said. That irritates me, Bacon Man. And that's almost enough for me to never acknowledge that you text the show again. Because now you're just being childish. And that I haven't talked about the attendance. And I know the attendance is down. 
and I know the attendance around the league has uh, has been dipping for a while, a- and that's an issue. But you're saying just cater to me, and I might go to the games. That doesn't factor in the people who might want the exact opposite. Brian's on the line. Go ahead, Brian. <laughs> hey, Reed, how's it going tonight? Well, it was going pretty good till <laughs> 60 seconds ago. I, I got to say, I, you really got me laughing with that rant. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it. But, but you know, I, I, I feel for you. It, you're right. I wanted to talk about the Oilers, but, you know, I've I, I, I got to defend you. I know you don't need defending, but it, it's the truth. If the guy's got a, an issue, contact the CFL. Well, he should tell the Eskimos how he feel. And look, I, I'm concerned that not just in Edmonton, but around the league, the attendance is is not great. I, I think a couple cities, unfortunately, are a write-off at this point. Um, you know, but, most but the Oilers or, or the Eskimos, in defense of them, I mean, they just recently did the the, the price changes in that. The, the Eskimos introduced the, the, the opportunity to get a cheaper ticket and sit in the general admission in, in the end zone. Yeah, areas that you can stand and have a beer and things like that. You know, I mean, I, to me, I applaud the Eskimos for acknowledging there were issues. Like in what they did for this year, yes. Well, and it's I, like, and I don't know what to tell you, uh, Brian. I mean, I, I like the CFL. I work for a station that covers the games, so we're going to talk about it. I still think the Eskimos are a very important sports institution in the city. There are, are a lot of passionate people for the team. Um, I know a lot of people have said, well, you know, if, if they were a winning team, then I'd buy tickets. Well, you got to remember, even though they missed the playoffs last year, they were 7-2 and two at home. In 2015, they had a 10-game winning streak and won the Grey Cup. In 2016, they had the MOP of the league uh, in, in Mike Riley. Uh, and they, they were still a decent team the last two years. And, and they look pretty good this year. So I don't know if people just don't want to go or they're off football. or I mean, they can't give away tickets. They can't devalue it where the tickets are 5 bucks. Well, and, and okay, uh, in in response to that, the comment, well, you know, if there were if they were winning games, I would go. Well, are you really a fan then, or are you a bandwagon jumper? You know, I mean, a, a true fan will support the team through thick and thin, through good and through bad. That's a true fan. Now, does the CFL maybe have to try and address some things, some issues because of the attendance and that? Uh, yes, but I don't think it's all on the league. I think it's on the teams themselves, too. And, and again, I do applaud the Eskimos. I, I'm, I'm like you. I feel they are a very big, integral part of the community. Um, I mean, the amount of things that they do, it, it's like the Oilers. The amount of things that the Oilers do for the community and a lot of people probably don't even realize what happens, what they do. It, it's, it's like crazy. I mean, the city would probably be far less what it is without these teams. I would agree with that. But, I, you know, it's and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this. I, I just think some things are realities. And, and you know, Stoffer has talked about this as well. And, and he hosts a show that's, that's primarily hockey and primarily Oilers. Uh, and he says, you know, like, are people in Edmonton 
NHL fans or are they are specifically Oilers fans? Are they hockey fans or, or are they Oilers fans? Because I'm going to tell you this, Brian. If in, in a lot of cities in the United States, the U of A Golden Bears would be the biggest draw in town, given how good they are and how people flock to college sports. You know, the Golden Bears usually don't get good crowds unless they're in the playoffs or they play Saskatchewan or Calgary. So is it just that people, you know, they, they save all their money for Oilers tickets if they're going to go to a game? I don't know. I think for some people that might be the case. And that's their choice, but maybe that's how it is. Well, and, and you're right there. You're totally right. I mean, if the Oilers weren't the, you know, one of the two games in town, figuratively speaking, uh, you know, the, the Golden Bears uh, would have probably better, you know, better crowds and better turns up, turnouts than that. And, and that's the unfortunate part. But having said that, I mean, in the States, with a lot of you know a lot of big cities where the where the college teams have these astronomical crowds as well as the NHL and at times the college teams have even better crowds than the NHL teams do um it's I think the 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 amount of people that you have living in the demographics that you're dealing with also comes into play. Well, that's true too. I mean, Edmonton is still a relatively small metropolitan area. Uh, Brian, if you want to talk Oilers, I can bring you in after the news, or if if you're done for the evening, we can talk next time you call in. <laughs> Not a problem. It's been a it's been a slice of, like it always is. Reed, you have yourself a fantastic evening, and keep up doing the good great job you do. All right, that is Brian checking in seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Hey, Bacon Man. I love you, and I appreciate uh, I appreciate that you texted. Hi, this is Greg Ellingson of the Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6:30 Shed. Classic Def Leppard. July 29th, John. Big night. I will not be working. That's we'll cool. be at the concert. That's allowed. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Thanks for approving my time off request. Just happened now. Uh, before I get to a phone call here, uh, this texture says the CFL lost a generation of fans in the mid-90s with U.S. expansion. Luke says the attendance is down because of the economy. Joe Avers has had to really manage his paycheck in the last three years or so. The product is still great. And uh, this texture says uh, Edmonton isn't a sports city. It's an Oilers city. You pretty much stated the best fact. Our lack of support for minor league sports is a complete joke, let alone the apathy towards live attendance at these events. Nothing is ever covered on TV. Local track meets, university sports, high school football, all this should have media coverage and local arenas should be full, yet there is none. Um, all right, some text there to 630, 630. I, you know what? I do say this. I, I, I make an effort as a host in this city to shine the spotlight as much as I can on university, on other good stories. We try to have other athletes on. Uh, the Oilers are going to be a dominant topic. The Eskimos are going to be quite a big topic. Um especially during football and more so in seasons when they're doing well, which hopefully this year will be. I think, Kellen, we've had plenty of U of A content in my years as the host. We had mm-hmm. uh, the coach of the Nate basketball team, Slav Kornick, in. We had some Nate athletes in uh, during the season. 
Uh, we did a whole show on high school sports last spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had the the uh, 630 Chet MVP that was also featured on Global, which was uh, generally a younger athlete and generally in a sport other than hockey. So hopefully you get some of that on this show. We, we do try to bring you as much as we can. Are we perfect? Maybe someday, Kellen. Maybe someday. Tony at 780-496-0063. Hello, Tony. Hi, Reed. Hello. Hey, Reed. Thanks for taking my call. I wanted to comment a little bit on the Eskimo attendance and uh, and uh, reasons for it based on my personal experience. Um, I, I think a lot of Eskimo fans are, are you know, the media is trying to trying to portray the situation as weather and uh, 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 a generational gap, but you know, back in the day when the Eskimos were dominating, we were filling that stadium when it was minus fifteen twenty below, and I know that was a different time, but from my perspective, the last few years, last couple maybe five, ten years, we've been playing flag football. We we don't have a balanced attack, and I love Mike Riley, and, 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 and he's an awesome person, but I think you can see what's happening in B.C. with um, where, where they are at in the standings and their offensive statistics. Mike Riley is basically a drop-back passer that needs a lot of time, and... Um, and it's always blamed on the offensive line. And so we experienced that in Edmonton for years and years with Mike Riley. I mean, I know we we won a great cup, but with Trevor Harris, I think that's the best thing that's happened here. We've got a balanced attack. And I think the fans are going to come back because they know football. They appreciate hard-nosed football. And they will come back. Despite the weather, despite the generational gap, you can give away beer, you can give away hot dogs, but... We, if we get back to hard-nosed football, the fans are going to come back. That's why I stayed away for years, because I was sick of uh, flag football. Mike Raleigh dropping back, and yeah, he got 5,000 yards. Sure, but we didn't make the playoffs. So you like so, so you like what you see from Harris so far then? Oh, I love what I see from, from the gang today. And and I'm not a Jason Moss fan, but I'm, I appreciate the fact that he relinqu- he's relinquished the offensive... Um, coordinator duty to someone who knows what he's doing and i think jason i mean he's a good-hearted guy and i think he's a decent leader but i think he was a little overrated he was in ottawa but ottawa is um is all about uh, uh rick campbell he's i wish he was here in edmonton and i think basically he piggybacked off that and so that's what we have to deal with i know a lot of calls a lot of fans called for his demise, but he's here, and that's what we have to deal with. So I, I'm, I'm hoping he can adapt and and stick with the program. Because if we can, if we can allow Trevor Harris to uh, basically uh, approach games with a, a balanced attack, we're gonna be we're gonna do a lot of good things, and the the fans definitely will come back. I'll be back. I love Trevor. I love C.J. Gable. I want to see run. I want to see play action, and I want to see pass. Well, 
Tony, I can tell you're a very close observer of the team and the game, so I appreciate that. Hopefully they have a good one tomorrow against the Lions. And uh, I appreciate you listening to this show because we offer neither free beer nor hot dogs, but I would like to in the future. I love your show. Thanks, Reed. Okay. Thanks a lot, Tony. Tony checking in at uh, 780-496-0063. Big G says Commonwealth Stadium is now old, losing the fan experience against other venues uh, no parking around Commonwealth keeps me at home watching the great product on uh, TSN. The transit thing stinks. Well, all things I've heard before. I will. I, I will. I mean, we could do a whole show on some of these topics. Actually, bigger picture in the world of sports in general. And I, I thought Big G that what he says about the, the way TSN covers the league. TSN's done a great job covering the, the CFL on television. I mean, they're the only provider, but they, they take it seriously. They, they have a pretty entertaining panel. Uh, I like most of the guys who call the games and do the color. And are, are we now just as human beings, we'd just sooner be on TV? The experience of being there is not as valuable for us. And, and obviously for pro sports, there's some expense involved. I mean, an Oilers ticket is more expensive than an Eskimos ticket, just like... You know, a Yankees ticket in New York is probably more than other teams or whatever. But are, are, would we now just sooner be comfortable, be able to use our own bathroom during the break without lining up, you know, have the beer out of the fridge, get a re- get a replay? You know, I I, I sit with, around some pretty hardcore fans at the Eskimos games, and I've never made any secret of the fact, Kellen, I have season's tickets. I have had Eskimo season's tickets since 1997. Uh, I have no intention of giving them up uh to me it's always been an outing you, you know with my mom and dad which has been important to me uh, no that's me personally i'm not telling anybody else how, how they should feel about it that's i'm just telling you my experience and my thoughts but you know that's i know when there's a play you know there's always that few seconds for them to queue up the replay and i always hear people i want to see the replay because when you're watching it at home they they, they tend to get the replay up so so quickly so like say are, are, are we at the point where it's so comfortable to watch sports on television and sports are so well produced on television, multiple camera angles, replays, you know, are are we at that point that just it's going to be more comfortable to watch a live event on TV rather than than take the time to go to it? I, I mean, I'm honestly wondering that. I mean, in 100 years, most of us won't be around, but are, are, are there going to be games that people just don't attend that sports is going to be purely done in a large arena or stadium with nobody in it because it'll just all be on tv and that's how we'll consume sports i don't know i think it's real something to think about uh we got time for a quick call here from barb go ahead hi reed it's great to listen to your show i do agree with the last caller and how enthusiastic he's about the sport and i myself I'm of a golden age. I'm 56. And when we were younger in school, Edmonton Public School kids would get free tickets to the football games. We didn't sit with the knothole gang or the younger kids. We got to sit with the adults or wherever we wanted. They were general seating. It was at Clark Stadium. And then when we got tickets to Commonwealth, that was even better and newer and greater. But that's how a lot of young kids got involved and loved to go. My sister and I would go together, and we fell in love with football watching Tom Wilkinson. So to this day, we love it. We try to get our kids going. Our kids love it. 
So I love the idea that they're giving 17 and under the tickets. I wish they would have done it during the school because you probably get a lot more kids out. Barb, appreciate it. Thank you so much for calling. Okay, thanks. Bye. That is Barb checking in, 780-496-0063. I'm sure we'll uh, continue this discussion uh, some other day. We've got a very special guest when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming up, uh, I think you'll have some fun here. Coming up next, Inside Sports on Chet. This is Don Yunam of the Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to the Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. All right, thanks all for tuning in. A couple other notes. I'm sure you saw this. Uh, former Oilers assistant coach Manny Viveros going to coach Spokane in the dub. Matt Cullen, at the age of 42, retiring from the NHL. Yeah, get on with your life, old man. Though, wait, I'm older than that. Uh, three-time Stanley Cup champion. He retires after 21 seasons. Uh, Michael Furland signs a four-year deal with Vancouver. Three and a half million bucks per season. Had 40 points in 71 games with Carolina last year. Interesting note, Tyler Wright no longer listed on Detroit's website as the director of amateur scouting. Could he wind up with uh, Ken Holland here with the Edmonton Oilers? And Kawhi Leonard, three years, $103 million with the Los Angeles Clippers. Third year is his option, and uh, he could really cash in big after he plays a couple more years in the league. He'll have 10 years of service, so uh, his max salary can go up. Of course, he led the Raptors to the NBA championship. And that was a big deal. And it got a lot of people watching the Raptors. Some of you maybe for the first time ever. Well, not for our next guest, who uh, I've known for a while as a co-worker and an acquaintance. And uh, I know on social media, a massive Toronto Raptors fan. Please welcome to the show, Ramya Velmergaya. Ramya, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Reed. How are you? It's uh, I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for joining me on the show tonight. I... Uh, I mean, we kind of, we kind of knew this was coming, but how are you doing with the Kawhi news today? Oh well, I'm a little shook. It's been a pretty intense free agency, and the news last Friday um, caught me off guard a little bit. I mean, Kawhi's always been sort of like a summer fling that you knew wasn't in for a long-term relationship, but he gave you some moments where you thought, you know, he might stick around. But um, it's been a really exciting season and a really emotional ride to the end. So I am grateful for the time that we had together and. Yeah, but I am still I am a little shook, I won't lie. Well, he was uh he was I love how you put it, how we you knew it could just be a summer fling. <laughs> we, yeah. We should have played summer loving out of Greece before we you brought should you on. Have. If I if I would have known you were gonna go down that path. Uh now you are uh, an Edmontonian, obviously. Yes. Um tell me about your relationship with the Raptors. Let's we'll keep with the relationship theme going. When did this start? Um, I think it started when I moved to Canada. So I haven't always been an Edmontonian. I've actually lived on the East Coast in Newfoundland and a couple other places in Alberta. But um, the Raptors have always sort of been a constant in my life. Um, I watched a lot during the Carter years and picked up with a lot more 
intensity and passion in the last five years, I'd say. And was there a certain player or moment that, that got you involved or what got you hooked? I, I just used to watch with my dad, to be honest, and um, he watched a lot of soccer, which, no offense to anyone out there, I just found the game really slow. But basketball, there's just something about the game that's so exciting, whether you're watching the NBA or you're watching a university game or you're watching like a junior high basketball game. I think it has that same level of passion and fun and speed, and I just I love to watch it. All right, so when you started watching, they are they already would have had... The Rosen and Lowry, right? I'm trying to think back. Yeah, definitely. And they would have been, like, they were good, but they weren't great. Fair fair way to put it? Yes. And so, yeah, I've been sort of watching since they were, you know, a, like middle of the range in the East and watching them build and watching them grow, watching some really good players come and watching some really good players go. And DeRozan was definitely one of those players. So when when the deal happened last last summer, what did you think? I was really taken aback. Um, I've always loved DeRozan's loyalty to the team. I mean, when his tweet, when Chris Bosch left for the Heat, when he said, don't worry, I got us, that always sticks with me. But after seeing what Masai has done for the team and where he got us to this year, I sort of feel that same reassurance from him at the helm now. Well, that's an interesting point. And, and I had Paul Sir on yesterday from Basketball Alberta, and he said, you know what, you got to trust Ujiri. I mean, he's he's done a pretty good job. Maybe there's just as good or better next year, though obviously uh, it is going to be tough. So when it comes to you being a rap, okay, let me ask you this way. What's it like, and I know the games are on TV and with social media and television, you can see all the highlights, but having said that, what's it like being a Raptors fan from afar where you may work with a lot of people or have a lot of people in your lives who don't share that passion, or at least didn't until three months ago? I actually really love having more and more people watch basketball in general. Um, I remember last year it was hard-pressed to go to a bar and have them play um, play any sort of NBA, t- uh, NBA game. And now it was just exciting to see everyone come aboard, and there's some great locations to go watch that in the city. Um, and all the bandwagon jumpers, I welcome them with open arms, and I hope that they'll keep watching and um yeah, there's room at the table for everybody. So I hope the season kind of showed what an exciting game it is and how much fun it is to watch basketball and how easy it is to get into it. So I hope it really brings in a lot more permanent fans. Well, and I'll tell you this, Rami, like I I was pretty interested in the NBA in the, the 90s. Mm-hmm. Like the whole bowl story was compelling and could anybody knock them off? And And then I thought the game got a little slower after that and you know when golden state sort of rose up i got more interested in just casually watching a game because you know they're going to shoot every seven seconds and i think that's better for for kind of the 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 average fan um how many times have you been to toronto to see them and maybe a highlight from a a game or two you've seen there um i've been only three times to see them and it's been wonderful but i guess one of the big highlights was i saw a uh, detroit game this year so i got to see um, the big warm welcome that uh, Dwayne Casey got from all the Toronto fans. Um, they did they did beat the Raptors, but um, I wasn't too mad at that because I love Dwayne Casey. Okay, <laughs> I got I got to ask you about a couple specific moments. Yeah. Uh, game seven against the Sixers, Kawhi's series winning shot. Where were you? What did you do? I was with some friends, but we were unfortunately watching the game on delay because my husband was late coming home from a family function. Oh, my so I had goodness. My, <laughs> yes. So I wasn't watching in live time, so I had my phone turned off. And 
it was, I mean, those four bounces of the rim, my heart was just, yeah, I almost had a heart attack. It was, it was insane, but it was the best feeling in the world. Like I probably felt more excited watching that happen than at the, the very, very end, which was sort of an anticlimactic long drawn out victory but yeah that was insane okay first of all i totally admire that that somehow you sheltered yourself from the result it was very difficult to do (laughs) like watching on delay in this day and age is almost i would have thought it was impossible but you pulled so you still experienced it as a fresh moment then I did. I almost lost my husband for that, but yes, I did experience it as a fresh moment. Yeah. I know your husband. He's a wonderful man. <laughs> he is. You, He's the greatest. Stick it out. Okay. <laughs> no, but seriously. Okay. And then you kind of ref like that. And that's, that is one of the things about basketball. Sometimes I don't like all the timeouts at the end and they seem to review everything. Yeah. Um, so the, the moment at the end maybe wasn't as magical as you could hope, but when they won it, seeing that experience it, how did you feel? Oh, I cried. I was I was so excited and I was watching with a group, big group of friends and we were all just hugging each other and jumping up and down. And um, yes, Kawhi Leonard was amazing, but Lowry was really great during that game and he's played with the Raptors for such a long time. So it was so nice to see him get his moment of glory. The young players like Siakam and Van Vliet who really came through, it was just such a powerful and very Canadian moment to see the entire nation just so hysterical with happiness about that. Yeah, well, that's a great point, and I've I've compared it to, and uh, I, I don't think you're as uh, well seasoned as I am to remember this, but I, I compare it to the Blue Jays winning in '92 and '93. I mean, everybody coast to coast. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I guess there were some Braves fans, but but, but everybody <laughs> coast to coast got behind those teams, and it was kind of cool to know no matter where you were in, in the country, everybody was cheering for the same result and uh, oh, and sharing that. Okay, so uh, now what is on your sports menu for the summer do you have other teams you follow or did you just wait for the nba to start again um i did go to a blue jays game um a couple weeks ago during my uh, trip to toronto um my grandma lives there so i end up going there quite a bit um and it was my first blue jays game actually it was really exciting to watch it live i've never really liked watching it on television but it was fun to be there but no i'm probably going to go to a few eskimos games but um keep my eye on the summer league but i'm mostly excited for the nba season to start up again see like you're hardcore if you're paying attention to the summer league like that's that's pretty impressive i don't yeah a little bit (laughs) well this is awesome uh you know i'm glad you shared your experience and uh um, I mean, I can tell, but we used to, we worked together for a while at City TV and we've see, seen each other off and on for, I guess, the last decade. So we are, yeah. you know, Facebook friends and all that. So I would always see Raptor stuff. And I was like, wow, I didn't know Rami was like so into the, like, I wasn't surprised you were a sports fan. It just was like, wow, like she knows everything. She's into every I, moment. So I thought I'm I, a little nutty. Yeah. I think I went a little over the top this year, but you can't blame me for that. You, I can't blame you. And as I always say it, and I host a sports show and I take calls after the orders play sports fans, aren't sane. The, 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 the part of your brain that is a sports fan is not sane. The rest of your brain is sane. The part of you that makes you like sports isn't sane, and that's fine. We need that release. Uh, Ramya, thanks for checking in. Thanks for sharing your experience as a Raptors fan, and uh, I, I hope you have a healthy and safe summer. Thank you. I hope you do, too. Thanks, Reed. All right. That is uh, Ramya Velmergaya checking in tonight on uh, Inside Sports. So a really, really cool story with the Raptors. They have been fun to watch, and Kawhi, a big story. Three years, $103 million to uh, go play for the Los Angeles Clippers, who for 
well, I was going to say most of, for pretty much all of their existence, have been second fiddle to the Lakers. And there have been plenty of years over the last 20 where the Clippers have been better than the Lakers, but the Lakers still won several championships, and I feel still like people cared about the Lakers more. I, I you know, when I, I got, I, you know, every, you know, everyone was on buddies with Jay when he was working down there for Fox. I went and visited him a few times, and he said it's such a Lakers and Dodgers town. Those are the two dominant teams, even if other teams are doing better. People want to talk about the Lakers and the Dodgers. All right. Thank you very much for checking in tonight. Really appreciate everybody that texted 630-630. Called 780-496-0063. I will not be here tomorrow. I'll be watching the Eskimos play the Lions. Our coverage starts at 6. The game is at 8. Morley and Dave will have the call. You also heard from Brandon Davidson and Morley Scott this evening. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. Our studio operator is the one and only Kellen Kennedy. My name is Reed Wilkins. Have a wonderful evening. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.